That boy good. That boy good. You would think with a wide receiver one, you want a guy that's playing for a pass-happy offense. I don't care who that is. The Dallas Cowboys are about as pass-happy as the New York Jets. Now it's time for the two-on-one, a fantasy football podcast, the official podcast of the Super Friends League. That boy good, boy good. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Two on One, a fantasy football podcast. I'm your commish, Tommy Moe, bringing you the first in a series of mini pods discussing positional rankings and draft strategies to get you primed for the upcoming fantasy football season. So today we're going to talk about wide receiver rankings and draft strategies for finding consistent players throughout your draft, especially for formats with a deep bench like Dynasty and Keeper Leagues. And to help me discuss these rankings is Bob Lung from Big Guy Fantasy Sports. What's up, Bob? Welcome to the two-on-one. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, honored to be here and really excited to talk about some wide receiver rankings. I got yours. I put mine in and uh, we got a few differences, so it's going to be a fun conversation. Good. I'm, I'm excited to see what you got. Bob, you're, at this point, you're kind of looked at as the guru of consistency as your award-winning consistency guide is chock full of free nuggets to to help you find those consistent players throughout your draft. And, you know, for, for our listeners or anyone like myself that's been sleeping on it a little bit, um, why don't you tell us a little bit what's it about? Well, basically, you know, if, if you've played uh, head-to-head fantasy football at all, you you may have come across those players who, you, you, at the end of the year, you look at their, their numbers, their total fantasy points, and you see that they're ranked in the top 10 or top 15. And you're thinking, man... I had that player and this player and that player. My team was really high scoring, but my record was like seven and seven, and I didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and if you have those situations, the problem is is that you might have some inconsistent players on your team that did score a lot of points, but just didn't do it consistent enough to help your team win on a week-to-week basis. And that's what the guide is all about. It is identifying those guys that are scoring points and are consistently scoring points um, and, and where those outliers are. I mean, everybody knows Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins are awesome and they're mm-hmm. you know top three in fantasy points. They're 100% consistency. Nobody's got, everybody's going to go, duh. And that's fine. We understand that. But what you're looking for are those guys that are going to be your uh, running back two, your wide receiver two and three, maybe, and of course your tight end, and even your quarterback. There's some inconsistent quarterbacks out there that people always assume are really good to draft. And I'm talking about you, Drew Brees. As as I love you. Um, but their consistency is under 50%. That means less than half the time they're scoring more than 20.5 fantasy points in a PPR, I'm sorry, in a four point passing touchdown scenario. And, you know, at the end of the year, if you got Drew Brees and he's go, well, he was ranked eighth or ninth overall, what happened? Well, what happened was he was inconsistently doing it, and that's what's killing your team. And if you've got a bunch of guys like that on your team, that's what you're going to run into. That's what the guide is there for, to kind of teach you about consistency, what to look for, uh, how to use it, and, and, you know, how to separate those guys on draft day so you pick the consistent player instead of the inconsistent player, even though two guys might be very close ADP-wise. 
Yeah. And, you know, and what I love about uh, reading through the consistency guide is, you know, you, you can really see, uh, the, you know, your methodology and, and your process that's in there. And, and, and I love that you show that, you know, you're not just saying like, this is what it is, but you're showing why you gave that player that clutch rating um, right. or, or why they're ranked there. And, and, you know, it's a great guide because you're helping people define proper value for consistency at the right time to in a draft, you know, and, and I think that's where people mess up drafts so much, you know, is reaching for someone or going for that player that is like more boom or bust, right? But they're not really consistent. And, and for me, the type of fantasy player that I am, I love building my team on consistency. I want to see those steady points every single week. You know, I don't, I don't want those boom or bust players because it's, it's a crapshoot what's going to happen, you know? Right. Now, if you're playing in a best ball league, those boom or bust guys certainly can be beneficial. And I right. get that. It's a different format. But you're straight, you know, 12 team redraft with all your buddies who you want to make sure you go out and kick their ass. You know, they're going to reach for the guys that people are telling them to reach for. Go get Corey Davis. Mm-hmm. He's going to be awesome this year, even though he hasn't done shit the last couple <laughs> of years. You know, um, yeah. That that's what people are going to fall into. They're going to fall into the 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 Twitter and and the online where people are yelling and you know, hey, get this guy. He's going to be awesome. And all I'm saying is he could be awesome, but I got numbers here to back up that he hasn't been yet. Right. So what's the difference this year? Right. Um, and that's what I look for. You know, there certainly are guys who were inconsistent last year that I'm saying, hey, you know what? They do have some potential. Here's why. Maybe their last five games of the year, they were 80% consistent. So, you know, at, you know, overall, they might have been 50. And that's what people will see. And I'll say, but look at, you know, because, I mean, in each player profile in the guide, I do the clutch games by week. So I can show the trends. I can show you, hey, you know, this guy, man, maybe he had a really nice end of season last year. He may be a kind of guy that is undervalued this year, and you may want to grab in the 12th round as mm-hmm. your backup tight end because he really could become the George Kittle. And that's what I do with George Kittle last year. George yeah. Kittle was in my top 10 last year. In fact, I think he was 6th or 7th because I showed people, like, at the end of 2017, he went 3 for 4 and was really in sync with the offense. And yeah. I said, George Kittle could be that undervalued tight end. And, you know, the rest is history. Now, I didn't expect him to be that good. <laughs> I don't know George Kittle himself thought he'd be that yeah, good. Yeah, I don't think anyone sure. expected that. I think George but, Kittle drafted himself in fantasy just for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> me, George Kittle, and everybody read the book. Um, but, you know, and it's funny because a lot of people said, man, Bob, I won my league because I had George Kittle. You know, yeah. I, I drafted the rest of your consistent players, but I took a chance on Kittle because you told me to. And he goes, and we kicked ass. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's, that's what it's all about, you know. Yeah. So. Well, in the draft too, right? Like no one, you know, you're not going to win or totally lose. Well, you're definitely not going to win your league just based on your draft, but you definitely can lose your league based on the draft. And, and I think, you know, right. for fantasy players, like that's what it's all about is is managing risk, you know. And, and yeah, you have your guys and go after your guys, but don't reach that hard for your guys, you know, unless, unless right. you know they're going to be gone and you can read your league, your draft mates and, you know, someone's going to take them, then yeah, go for it. But you know, they're, they're, even though it's your guy, there still might be a better player, right? There still might be right. a better player available at that ADP that like you're showing in your guide, you know, has that more consistent uh, weekly production than, than that flash in the pan type of guy that you might hope is going to be the guy this year. Exactly. Exactly. 
So let's uh, let's jump into these rankings. Um, you know, right. I, I feel like our first few definitely, you know, at least will be similar, uh, I'd imagine. Cause, uh, well, at least one and two are. <laughs> so let's go one and two. So, you know, I, I have Dondre Hopkins and Devontae yeah. Adams. Same? Right. And I do too. But like I said before, both of them last year were 100% consistent. That means there was no game that they scored under 11.5 points in a PPR format. Um, you know, if you can get 100% out of your guy every year, um, that that's gold. You, it's hard to beat. The only reason I have Hopkins ahead of Adams mm-hmm. is because this was the second year in a row that Hopkins was 100% consistent. Yeah. The only other co- wide receiver that ever do that was Antonio Brown, and he did it for two and a half years straight. The only reason he dropped off and missed one that second half of that third season was because Big Ben got hurt and missed the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so they're both one and two. You know, if you just feel like Adams is going to be is going to beat out Hopkins, I I can't argue with you. Yeah, um, it's, but yeah, one and two, I'm I'm totally in on. And I don't think you're gonna you're not going wrong. You know, getting either no. one of those guys as your number one no. wide receiver. You know, and before we move on, I just want to uh, remind listeners these are uh, PPR rankings for a redraft format. And and even though we're going to go into deeper leagues and and talk a little bit of somewhat dynasty strategy, um, you know, I really want to focus on guys that are going to produce this year. Um, so my number three is is one of my favorite wide receivers in the league, uh, Michael Thomas. And I don't have a problem with Michael Thomas as a player, but I have a problem with him at number three, and I'll tell you why. Um, last year, his consistency was only 75%. Now you say only, and you go, wow, that's really good, isn't it? The problem is, is that wide receivers are very consistent. Mm-hmm. That ranked him 15th last year. Mm. So the fact that, you know, so I have him at number seven because I think that he could be, you know, if he gets one more clutch game, he moves it to eighty-one percent. He's in the top ten. Yeah, it's so close. I have him seventh. Um, who I have third is Julio Jones, who last year was ninety-four percent consistent, and so that's why I have him up there. You know, all of these guys, most of these guys we're going to talk about here in this top five, top ten, maybe even top twelve are all fairly interchangeable. It just depends on how you feel about them. I move Thomas down because. The, the, the Saints offense is not throwing the ball as much because of Kamara and mm-hmm. the defense. They have a good running game. They added Latavius Murray. Um, they don't need to throw the ball as much to Michael Thomas. Um, the other problem, I think, is the fact that Michael Thomas gets double teamed a lot because they don't have a good second secondary wide receiver. Yeah, It's going to be either Ted Ginn, maybe Jared Cook will take some pressure off him, but right. that's why I have Thomas at seven. Well, and it's almost like Kamara is the second receiver in that offense. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good point. Right, right. Well, and yeah, I, I people that I'm in leagues with know I love Michael Thomas, um, so I probably have a little bit more bias towards him, um, <laughs> but um, Julio Jones I, is my number four, so I'm right there right. with you. You know, I think, right, right. Um, especially th- going into this year with, with the Falcons having 13 games, uh, uh, in the dome and on turf, I, I, I'm seeing really good things for, for Julio. Sure, right. It was a great year last year, even though, and that's interesting too, right? With consistency, um, does, does touchdowns play into factor, you know, cause with Julio, you know, he went to what, it was like week eight before he got his first touchdown. Right. And, and that was the thing the year before, what did he have? Three touchdowns total. Right. And I think that year he was also over 80% consistent in a mm. PPR format with only three touchdowns. So a lot of people think, oh, well, you know. Um, in fact, the podcast I was on the other night said that one of his buddies said that Julio Jones was it, one of the most inconsistent players in the league. <laughs> and I said, well, let me be the first to say no. 
I said, now a couple years ago he was, um, 2016 when they went to the Super Bowl, he was because they, the, the offensive coordinator that year, um, which I think was Kyle Shanahan, spread the ball around a lot. Mm. And that's why they won, because they had Devontae Freeman, they had Tevin Coleman. Um, so they didn't throw the ball as much because they had those two backs that were really killing it. Um, and they were winning football games. So, you know, they realized that that's worked. The next year, of course, um, it didn't go that well. Um, but Julio picked back up because their defense went to the tank because I think they had three or four injuries early uh, on some of their key defensive players, and they needed to throw the ball a lot. So that's where they've been the last couple of years. Um, you know, I think they'll still be in that realm. I still think he'll be up there in that 85%, 90% consistency range for Julio, and I, I think you know he'll, he'll be top five for sure. Yeah, yeah, expecting big things. Um, so, so the next one on my list um, initially wasn't ranked that high, but I was doing stat projections and I, I didn't even give uh, Juju Smith-Schuster that much of a progression in, in his stat projections from last year. So if it stays relatively the same for me, <laughs> right. he's wide receiver five. So yep, that's um, where I got him too. All right. We're on. Yeah. Got and one. he was 81% <laughs> consistent last year and that's with AB in the picture. So right. now AB's out of the picture. You have to believe he moves up three spots. Uh, and and at least main, maintains that consistency. At worst, he could be he could be an 100 percent guy this year. Right, it wouldn't surprise me. The numbers I actually had were were actually a little bit higher as far as just ranking them in pure projected rankings. I just had a really hard time putting him in front of guys like Julio and Mike Thomas and Devontae Adams. So um, I think five's a pretty good spot for him because yeah. it's still relatively, I think, unknown this year how it's going to go just with a little bit of changes. But I think it's all looking great for Juju. Yeah, definitely. So number six, uh, I have very uh, <laughs> interesting player just, you know, lately with how things right. have been going in the news, but I got Tyree Kill at number six. Right. I got him at 10. I actually just moved him up in the rankings this week because of all the news. Mm-hmm. Um, he certainly could move higher. I'm kind of keeping him in at 10 just to be sure, you know, he gets back on the field, keeps his head straight, you know, not, you know, I'm not down on him, but I just, I just have, I have him at 10 at this point. He certainly could move up by draft day. Well, the interesting thing about Tyreek, too, from a consistency standpoint is, like, technically he was boomer bust last year if you look at the weeks and the games. So does he fall partly because of that? Because I moved him up just in pure overall, the, you know, end of day total points. Right. He's going to be high up there. So he was 75% consistent. So he was tied with Michael Thomas. So certainly wow. not re- not terrible yeah um you know he was third in total points so it's just that you know he definitely had you know he had four games that he wasn't over 11 points you know when you rely on a guy you know at this point he's going to be drafted in the top 10 so he's definitely going to be somebody's wide receiver one mm-hmm. um as much as i love tyree kill 75 percent is not is not tight is not a one but you know um yeah i like him but you know, if yeah. I could get him as my wide receiver too, I'd be much happier. But I've heard now he's starting to go middle of the second round, and I'm like, I I don't know if I can do that. Yeah. You know, especially if I could go. Well, I can. You know, um, if somebody like you know Juju or or Beckham or somebody falls to that spot, and I've got a choice between those guys uh, and and Hill, I'm probably going to go there, or I might go with my second running back, especially if I got. Let's say I went David Johnson, or let's say I go DeAndre Hopkins, you know, at the number seven or eight pick overall, um, and now I've got you know the ability to get Hill. Now I might take Hill because now I've got a really solid, you know. But if I do that, 
then now I've got to really hope I get some good, consistent running backs in rounds three and four. So, you know, it's going to be kind of, he almost has to fall to a spot where I'm like, yeah, this is the spot I have to take him, you know? Yeah. Um, But we'll see where that ends up now. All right. So at number seven, uh, I have Antonio Brown, partly because of those six years of consistency that he just had. (laughs) Exactly. 93% last year. It's hard to, it's hard to fight that. It's just that where he's at, the quarterback and the team around him, you know, can he be that good mm-hmm. without the, you know, without Ben Roethlisberger, without Le'Veon Bell, without Juju on the other side? You know, now you're looking at, you know, a rookie running back, um, you know, Tyrell Williams and Derek Carr. Big difference. Yeah. Um, will he get a ton of targets? Getting a lot of opportunity. Absolutely. Will the double teams come more, a little bit more than normal? Probably. But we'll just have to wait and see how it all plays out. Um, I'm not going to say I won't draft Antonio Brown, but most of the time I'm sitting with other good choices that I know I can rely on for sure. Yeah. Um, I might not, you know, I probably won't draft him too often. Where do you have him on yours? I have him eighth. Okay. So it's not like I have him, you know, way down. Further, yeah. It's just one of those where it's like I'm putting them there because that's the place to draft him. But yeah. If I have a choice between like, you know, Antonio Brown or Tyreek Hill or Antonio Brown or AJ Green, I know what I'm getting out of those two guys. They're playing on the same team with the same systems. Yeah. I don't know what I'm gonna get out of Antonio Brown yet. Yeah, there is that relative unknown and and you know, I'm are, are the whole podcast, we're all Raiders fans, so we're we, we try to temper <laughs> I'm a Raiders fan too. Oh, okay, right on. <laughs> I, I'm I'm Brown's fan first. But I've lived in I've my second team has always been the Raiders since oh, the seventies yeah. when I was a kid. Um, you know, so my favorite players like Fred Belitnikoff, nice. you know, so Hall of Fame time. I'm always yeah. excited to to see the Raiders and and talk to the old guys and that. But yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a closet Raider fan. Um, it's hard to root for them now. I said I'm glad the Browns are good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Browns looking real good this year, and, and you know I think that's good too. Like you know, even though we are fans, we're still trying to temper our our fandom. You know, for fantasy football and for the advice that we give to other people. You know, oh, because. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, I might want to give him that higher, but when you look at the data, when you look at the analytics, you do have to consider those factors. And just for the simple fact that, yeah, it's a new team and there is that relative unknown. I, I'm curious if uh, if Beckham is, is your seventh, because that's who I got at eighth. <laughs> no, actually, Beckham was my fourth. Ah. Um, so I have, um, and the funny thing is, I used to hate Beckham. I, I hated his attitude. I hated his, his arrogance. I hated everything about him. To me, he wasn't a team player. Um, I kind of got some of his attitude was, okay, the team I play for sucks. They're not winning. Uh, you know, they're not throwing me the ball enough. It was all about me, me, me. And then he got traded to the Browns, and now he's with his best friend, Jarvis Landry, who mm-hmm. he grew up with, played football with. All of a sudden, it's a whole, he has a whole different attitude, and I have a whole different attitude about him. He wants to win. He is doing the right things. He's saying the right things. He's... You know, he's trying to not make it about him. I don't know if you saw, his hair is normal color again. Yep. <laughs> um, so with his buddy there side by side and them two, you know, wanting to win a championship and having the talent around them to do yeah. it, I'm all in on Beckham. And like I said, I used to hate this guy. Um, I used to feel like he was faking injuries when in, in for the Giants. Uh, you know, yeah. I, mean, I know you can't prove it, but boy... <laughs> 
you know, sometimes you go, did you really just roll your ankle? Well, it didn't look like it, you yeah. know, but he's out for four weeks. Right. You know? um, so, um, but I'm in this year and I haven't been number four. I like that. I like that call. I've definitely seen, I've seen some people, he's their number one, you know, and, and so uh, I, I get the love and I get the, uh, the upside yeah. there. I, I kind of, similar to Brown, kind of dropped him a little bit for somewhat of the same reason, you know, a little bit of a new environment, um, new situation, and, and and I'm hoping he does well, and I think uh, I definitely think he can. Um, so so moving to number nine uh, on my list, I have Mike Evans. I have Mike Evans number twelve. Uh, Mike Evans certainly has been, you know, he's always around seventy five to eighty um, percent. Last year, 75. So, again, tied with Michael Thomas down in that 15, 16 range. Um, so, you know, but I still feel with Bruce Arians in town, the ball, they're going to have to throw the ball a ton. Their, their defense is horrid. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be, you know, and then when you're playing the Saints twice and the Panthers twice and the Falcons twice, yeah. I mean, you're going to have to throw the ball a lot. And I think Mike Evans is going to benefit. I mean, I could have put him nine as much as I could have put him 12. So I'm perfectly fine where you got him. Cool. All right, to round out the top 10 on my list, I have Keenan Allen at number 10. I have him at 13, but Allen is almost like Evans. It's, yeah. it's, it, it certainly could be. Keenan Allen was 81% consistent last year. That ranked him 11th. So, yeah, he's right there in that you know end of the wide receiver one realm. Uh, if I go you know quarterback or if I go running back, running back, um, and then I'm sitting there looking at a, a guy like Keenan Allen as my wide receiver one, I'm perfectly fine with that. I like that. All right. So now that we're out of the top 10, um, let's kind of hit on some of these ones that that kind of stand out or um, I know other people are higher or lower on. Um, right. One guy that's been getting a little bit of talk lately, at least on Twitter, uh, has been AJ Green. Um, and I believe Mike Teglier came out with an article talking him up. Um, I have him at number 15. I'm curious where, where you have AJ. So I have AJ Green at number nine because last year he was 89% yeah. consistent, you know, was having a great year. Uh, you know, that would have ranked him sixth in, in, in wide receivers. I, I, you know, have him down, um, or I have him at nine. So like I said, I have him ahead of, uh, Hill and Evans and Allen because he puts up the numbers. There's no question about it. And he's healthy and he's ready to go. They got new team, new offense, new coordinators. Um, you know, I think this team is going to be a lot better than people give them credit for. And the fact that they're playing against uh, some high powered offenses like the Browns now and the, and the Steelers. Uh, I don't know about the Ravens, but, um, <laughs> but you know, they're going to have to throw the ball. You know, their defense isn't all that great either. So I think that they're going to be, you know, throwing the ball, chucking the ball around a lot. And I think AJ Green is going to be right where he was last year. So I had a feeling I was going to need to move him up in my rankings after asking you that one. <laughs> That's all right. And so, so uh, another one that I'm actually way lower on than a lot of other people I know, again, if you follow me on Twitter, follow the podcast, um, you know my disdain for, for this player uh, that I refer to as the fantasy locust. Uh, that is Ah, uh, I know who that is. Yes, because <laughs> you told me that. And that, I am 100% behind you on this one, buddy. Right on. So I have him at 17. Where do you have him? Um, I could, would have put him at 50 if I had to, but <laughs> I actually have him at 18. Um, I know, yeah, I know that his ADP, um, on fantasy football calculator is, is, is wide receiver 12. And it just, mm-hmm. I just laughed hysterically. It's I'm like, hard. yeah, how do you do that? Because, you know, you look at his overall percentage last year, it's 47%. And everybody said, well, that's because he had a great second half when he came to Dallas. No, he had a first great five games. Right. Then he did nothing through the fantasy playoffs, had a decent playoff game, a real playoff game. But 
when it came down to it, he was barely 56% or 60% consistent in the second half. If that's phenomenal for him, then we got a problem because right. he is that doesn't put him anywhere. That barely puts him as a wide receiver three with 60%, let alone, you know, a wide receiver 12? Mm-hmm. No way, man. There's no way. I'd, I would touch this guy if... If I if it was a choice between me being the, the third receiver on my team and Cooper, mm-hmm. I'm still taking me. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to take you too. And and, and you know, uh, fancy footballers. Uh, I think it was a couple episodes ago. They you know they were just mentioning that uh, Amari Cooper disappointed owners. I believe it was 67 percent of the time. And right. for someone that's being drafted as a wide receiver one, or mm-hmm. at least a wide receiver one on people's teams, that's not something you want from your wide receiver one you know you no. want that consistency you want someone that's going right. to do that's not going to disappoint you over half percent you know over half of the time yeah i mean you would think with a wide receiver one you want a guy that's playing for a pass happy offense i don't care who that is but pass happy mm-hmm. the dallas cowboys are about as pass happy as <laughs> the new york jets i mean right. there's no pass happiness about it it's Zeke elliott Zeke elliott Zeke elliott and then we'll throw the ball to Zeke elliott mm-hmm um cooper every once in a while will get some deep passes and he might get a a long touchdown but the inconsistency of that is going to kill you yeah um so i hope that people get the guide and that is one of the things they see is that this is not a guy you should be drafting i don't even know if i draft him as my wide receiver too because there's so many other good choices that i would probably like Nah, i'm still not going to take him but yeah i'm putting him in a respectable place because he was 18th in total points so it wasn't bad. He missed a game. So he could be top 15 in total points. Uh, it's just the consistency isn't there for me to, to even come close to putting him anywhere near the top 12. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I have him ranked there just because I feel like, yeah, he has produced. So it's kind of hard not to. But at the same time, I, I, I personally want nothing to do with him on my fantasy team. And going back to what you're saying about uh, the scheme, you know, the offensive scheme for Dallas. I mean, I believe Des Bryant when they when he says that they did not scheme him into games, they did not right. run routes yeah. for him to make plays, and so right. he had to improvise. And so that's the type of offensive mentality that they have in Dallas. And I don't see why that would change when you had someone like Des Bryant and Jason Witten. Right. right. No. Exactly. So another guy uh, I'm super high on this year, um, kind of staying on brand with with how much I've been pumping him up, uh, is Mike Williams from the Chargers. Uh, I have him ranked as my 22nd wide receiver. I don't have him that high, and I think it's just because there hasn't been enough, uh, we'll just say small sample size. How about that? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the consistency really hasn't jumped out Um you know, the end of last year, he did go two out of his last three games. Um, and, you know, the first three games of the year, he started off like wildfire. And I'm like, oh, maybe this guy's going to take over Tyrell's spot and just blow him out. Um, and then he, like, went two for, like, ten <laughs> in clutch yeah. games. So then he went two for three, 15 and 17, he was good. But 17 so hard to judge because, you know, if other teams are taking a week off, then he might, you know, they may just throw him a lot for the fun of throwing to him a lot. So... You know, he was 44% consistency. He was 32nd in total points. Um, yeah, Tyrell is gone. It's just going to be interesting to see. Now, with Melvin Gordon off to, you know, off to La La Land or holdout land, um, you know, they may be throwing the ball a lot more. Um, so that could benefit him, and, and certainly I have him 37th. Um, okay. 
I'm just not ready to put him in as a wide receiver three yet. Yeah. Um, I might. We'll see if the preseason goes a little bit differently. Uh, if I hear good things, see some good things in in preseason, I could easily move him into the top 36, around 34, 35, 36. He's not far off, obviously. Um, I'm just not as high yet because I haven't seen enough consistency to go, yeah, this guy's what I want as a wide receiver three. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and I'm definitely going with with high upside, kind of a little bit of a gut feeling, going with that third year breakout, you know, kind of the, the typical, like, who's going to be the guy that's really going to break out in that third year. And and I'm hoping, you know, and even as a Raider fan, it's it's kind of, you know, you're hoping the Chargers do well. <laughs> but um, that yeah, that's, you know, again, we're going to have ones that are a little bit different. And then I think oh, yeah, one sure. I'm definitely higher on. Another one I'm lower on that I'm curious where you have them. And especially now with with uh, Tyreek Hill coming back, uh, where do you have Sammy Watkins? Because I have him as my wide receiver, wide receiver thirty one right now. So if there was a uh, fantasy locus point two, <laughs> Sammy Watkins wins. Um, I don't know who I despise more as a human being or as a wide receiver, <laughs> consistency wise. Sammy Watkins and the hype he gets every year about how amazing he is, or Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, last year Watkins did have a sixty percent, but then he missed six games. Um, you know, yeah, this kid may have all the talent in the world, but he's never really shown it. Um, you know, definitely in last year in in that Kansas City offense, certainly he had the potential to do better, and he wasn't doing badly. But you know, if he could have held that. 60% consistency that would have put him in, you know, the range of a wide receiver, you know, two or three. I have him 31. Uh, you have him 31. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. So we're kind of <laughs> on the same page. Um, but I, you know, again, I've certainly seen him go, you know, probably much higher pick, uh, than that, especially when Tyreek was out, you know, I saw him going, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth round as you know wide receiver two for teams and i'm like okay go ahead yeah yeah you can have them yeah real high on them and it's very interesting how uh this offseason has been with all the news going on with so many different players and how adp has changed by the day it seems like for some players oh yeah definitely and it's gonna you know as as we go through preseason we'll still we'll see even more of that because it'll always be the daily beat writer hype trains right you know oh my gosh i saw today the most incredible catch made by this dude and you're like who you're right. You know, or you know, um, you know, the Devonte Parker stuff started during OTAs, which right, that always. was you know hilarious. <laughs> uh, but we're gonna we're gonna see it. You know, we're gonna see the you know Cortland Suttons and the Dante Pettises and the you know all those guys that everybody's gonna you know they want to hype up for draft season. And you know, I'll probably go okay, that's cute. Um, and and I won't draft them. Yeah, <laughs> I like to actually. I do actually like Dante Pettis, but. We're starting into the range, too, that I have a few rookie wide receivers ranked. And, you know, reading through your consistency guide, that is one position or at least one group that you don't really rank, correct? Right. No, I don't rank. And and there's an article in there called Rookies Versus Consistency. And one of the things I show that, you know, rookies in their um, in their first year, only 5% of the guys that have been drafted since 2010 have only 5% of the rookies have even earned over a 60, 60% consistency rating their first year. What's that mean? That means 95% of the rookies drafted mm-hmm. their first year don't. don't earn 60%. 
Um, so it's very tough for rookies to be consistent their first year. You know, now they may have some huge games. They may even do well overall. Calvin Ridley was a perfect example. I think he was ranked 20th in total points last year. His consistency was 50%. Um, that's what you're going to get out of a rookie wide receiver. If you're in a best ball league, that's fine. Um, if you're in a redraft, uh, then you've got to kind of figure out which game they're going to do well and which games mm -hmm. they're not. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what makes it tough. Um, you know, I certainly have them on my list, you know, in my rankings. Um, you know, I, I will guarantee to tell you that I don't think I have anybody in my top 40. But I have guys like Nikhil Harry and, you know, uh, Paris Campbell. Um, uh, who else? Um DK Metcalf, mm -hmm. and they're all on there, but they're in the you know 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. Later, range, yeah, you know, much later, and and that's the thing, you know, uh, I'll, I'll draft my core team, and then if you know if I'm it's you know if it's rounds 13, 14, something yeah. like that, I might go, hey, you know what, I'm going to take Nikhil Harry. Yeah, you know, he's playing in, in New England. He certainly is with the right quarterback and the right offense. If any, if you're going to be productive, that certainly can be it. But on the other hand. We all know that Brady also, you know, uh, is going to make sure that that guy is running the right routes. You know, he's not going to – you're going to have to be pretty damn perfect as a, as a rookie wide receiver to get catch the eye of Tom Brady. Right. Yeah, and everything with Brady and his receivers is always – and we've talked about it on the pod before, but it's always uh, the relationship, you know, and the trust that, that – you know, he has with his uh, receivers and, and that takes time, you know, that just takes uh -huh. time working together to get used to that. And, and I think you see that with Julian Edelman and, and James White, you know, and that's why James right. White continues to, to get passes because he has that trust with, with Brady. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I guess for the listeners out there, you know, that being said, you know, that 5%, right. Of, of guys since 2010 that have, actually done something as a rookie wide receiver is is pretty low so um you know always go for a starter i think in drafts and and always go for um well not always but uh definitely look at experience you know a little bit more when it comes to consistency and getting the right person at the right time yeah the the thing i try to tell people is is you know we i know fantasy people love the shiny new toys um they all they all want to be the guy who grabs that wide receiver that comes out of nowhere but there's so many times that it doesn't happen. And what they'll do, though, is they'll ignore the older proven veterans like a Larry Fitzgerald or a, uh, you know, Julian Edelman. Um, you know, you give him no love. You got him 23rd. I have mm -hmm. him 6th um, because wow. it was 92% consistency last yeah. year. Um, in a PPR format, it, it's hard to beat Julian Edelman. Um, he may not give you a ton of yards. But he's going to get you, you know, he's going to catch eight, it. Catches, eight catches for 70 yards. Easy. Yeah. And there's 15 points. Yeah. And people, they, that's not sexy. That's not the 25 points or the 30 points in a game when that, that maybe a Calvin Ridley did once. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so that's what I try to tell people is like, I get it. The shiny new toys are nice. The rookies and the, and the, and the second year guys that you think will break out. Everybody wants to find, quote, the breakout. But, you know, how how difficult is that there's thousands of fantasy experts out there finding the breakouts if we could all do it <laughs> we'd, <laughs> right. we'd we'd all be spending money in vegas is what we'd be doing yeah you know don't you know another example emmanuel sanders no love for emmanuel sanders i get it he tore his, his achilles i did i did that to myself uh when i was 40. Um, i took a lot longer to come back he's coming back at an incredible pace but 
the tapes don't lie. He's mm-hmm. running quick. He's making cuts. Uh, they're certainly taking it easy on him. But he's that number one receiver there, and as long as he's healthy. And, you know, I try to tell people, I tore my Achilles tendon. The one thing that my doctor told me was it, you're, it's a 102% chance you won't tear it again. Hmm. It's not like because if you if they when they sew that together and and that thing heals the scar tissue makes it almost double the strength that it was before they said you have a much better chance of tearing the other one than you will tearing the one that the actual one you got repaired yeah so you know people are like oh you know he can't go out there that quick he's gonna re tear it no he's not I I, I know this personally I've been yeah. told this. Now, he could tear his other one. He could hurt something else. That always is a possibility, but that's a possibility for anybody. Right. But, you know, Sanders is, you know, way back in the rankings. Again, kind of like DJX, I'm just drafting him as my wide receiver four or five, and I'll just wait for both of those guys to take off and be my flex guys, and I'll have a solid scenario there. I'll know what I get week after week from them. I don't know what I'm going to get out of a Isabella or, you know, uh, you know, these rookies, you know, Hamilton or, or Brown or Campbell or Metcalf, I could get a 20-point week. I could get a three. Yeah. Uh, that's what I don't want. So, right. You don't you want know, that inconsistency. Yeah, so don't ignore the veterans. They're, you know, there's some good ones out there, you know, even ones that are later, um, you know, again, so like like Sanders, Fitzgerald, um, you know, those kind of guys. Yeah, so I guess to go in a little bit on on you know some of those deeper guys, some of those later round guys, um, and I think this came up with you and I kind of discussing our drafts uh, for Scott Fishbowl, you know, and and who you were kind of targeting a little bit later, and you know that's a totally different you know format and strategy, <laughs> and it's, it's you know a totally different beast, but um, but you, you know it, the guys that have that I think are going to be successful in that uh, the ones that targeted really good receivers later and were able to find those uh, late round gems. Uh, right. So, right. so I guess, you know, who's someone that you have your eye on or a little bit higher on them more than other people that, um, but also has an ADP, you know, that you can get like in round 15 or plus, or, you know, at the end of the draft for, for redraft. Well, his, his number is actually going up a little bit now. But the one guy that I've been targeting most of the season um, and now is starting to move into like the 11th and 12th round, but back even a month or so ago, he was in rounds 13, 14, 15, and that's Curtis Samuel. Um, Here's the amazing thing about Curtis Samuel. Um, He actually had more total points last year than DJ Moore. He had better consistency than DJ Moore. But yet DJ Moore's ADP is wide receiver 31 and Samuels is like 55 to 60. I mean, Mm -hmm. we're talking about Mm -hmm. a five round, six round difference between the two. And yet Samuel put up better numbers in all cases, but nobody's giving Curtis Samuel any love. Yeah. And so I, now I have noticed some people are starting to, and I don't know if they read my articles and now they're, (laughs) They're going, hey, Bob Long said we should we should talk about him. Um, probably not, but I mean that's what I'm going to be doing for sure. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, but so he's one of those guys that are just kind of sitting out there, you know, real late. Um, you know, like I said, Emmanuel Sanders has been real late. Um, I think Robert Foster uh, has been going really late. Yeah, because everybody's like, well, they got John Brown and they got Cole Beasley, and I'm like, yeah, but do you realize that? Foster at the end of last year went five for six in the last six games with Josh Allen. 
I mean, let's be honest, a second-year quarterback, who do you think he's going to rely on most? Mm -hmm. The guy he has a rapport with from last year and has worked with and understands and knows and, and knows what to expect? Or two new guys that are going to come in and learn the system? Right. So, you know, I mean, again, Foster's one of those guys that you got to look at and go, yeah, I, the numbers, you know, the consistency of that late second half of the season certainly proves to me that Foster is a really good value at the end of most drafts. And then, you know, another guy I'm just seeing here that I have a little bit lower, uh, wide receiver 63 on my board is Antonio Callaway. You know, we talked about Odell and Jarvis, but is, is Antonio still a viable fantasy option in that crowded receiving core, but with it the right ADP? I don't even know if I can do it. And, yeah. and I'm a Browns fan. I think Callaway's a really good player. But I just think he's going to get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Um, you know, he was good. You know, the second half, you know, from week 12 on last year, he went four for six. So 67% consistency in the last, you know, uh, five weeks. But that was just with Jarvis Landry. Yeah. Now you got Beckham. Now you've got, you know, Nick Chubb, of course, is going to get the ball more. I, you know, I, he could. I, I don't. I don't expect any consistency out of him. Let me tell you that. Let me put it that way. Okay. Can, can I see a game where you know they're pl they're playing a pretty tough defense? Let's say they're playing the Ravens. Could Callaway be the guy that everybody forgets about? And he burns them for two touchdowns and two hundred you know one hundred and twenty yards receiving. Sure. Could he also then do nothing for the next three weeks? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what I expect out of Antonio Callaway. Right. Um. I I I, I hope I'm wrong, and I hope they're scoring forty points a game and winning every game because I'm a Browns fan. Um, and, and Callaway's catching all kinds of touchdowns, but I just feel like he's just going to get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Um, somebody has to. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I can see that. Yeah. And it's one of those guys, I think it's been a little bit anomaly on, you know, what's he going to do, you know, and I, I kind of wanted to ask you just to kind of get your take on it, but, um, I, I kind of see the same thing, but you see, you know, you hear different people saying different things about it and, um, right. I think I traded him away and was totally fine with it. And I think the person got, thought they got a steal, but whatever. Yeah. Here was um, the interesting split for him last year. So in, in the consistency guide, I tracked their consistency at home versus away. And then against top 10 defense, bottom 10 defense and average defense last year, Callaway at home was zero for eight with consistency. So wow. nothing terrible at home on the road. 75% went six mm. for eight. Yeah. So maybe there's a trend there that we can take a look at that, you know, when they're on the road, they're looking for that deep ball early, you know, to somebody like Callaway to kind of keep the defensive honest, which looks like they might have done last year. So, again, something to think about. I like it. I like it. Okay, so so what are our takeaways, right, from this one? Um, you you want to draft consistent players. You want to find consistency throughout the rounds. Don't want to reach too early on a player just because you think he's a flyer. And – don't put too much stock into a rookie when there's an equally talented and possibly more consistent player ranked right there that you could pick up in your drafts. That's that sounds pretty good. I like sounds it. Real good. All yeah. right, listeners. So there's your uh, there's your draft strategy going into this year. Um, you know, Bob, I I, I love this conversation. Um, I yeah, love thank you. It was what great. you put together with the consistency guide. Uh, for all you listeners out there, go get a copy right now. Um, you can get it on Amazon. Is that correct? Yep. Go to Amazon. Get your hard copy there. Uh, that's what most people like anyway. Uh, once you get that, 
uh, at the bottom of every page, there's a v, uh, an upgrade to a VIP status. What that gets you is you come to BigGuyFantasySports.com, use the coupon code for only $10 for the rest of the season. You get all access to all articles. You get access to the clutch report or consistency report, whatever you want to call it. You put in your own scoring method for your leagues, and it'll give you – you can download into Excel – the consistency of those players from last year and that scoring method. So it gives you kind of an idea of, oh, you know, let me see how, you know, my scoring method kind of lines up here. And, oh, wow, you know, this guy's much more consistent because it's a standard league and you rush the ball more. Or maybe it's a heavy passing league and it's six points for passing touchdowns. You can do all those changes. Um, if you get bonus points for over 300 yards, that you can do that as well. So then you can, like I said, for 10 bucks you get that VIP upgrade. All the articles every week. We update the stats every week for the clutch report so you can see how the consistency of the players are going week by week. So you can start looking for those waiver wire finds that there, you know, there maybe there's some consistency in some guy that's on the waiver wire uh, that everybody's kind of forgetting about that you notice, but they don't uh, because he's not scoring big points. He's scoring about 15 a week where somebody else is grabbing that, you know, Nothing I hate more than that one-week wonder, and you run out there and grab him and spend your fab money, and then he does nothing. Uh, but the best deals are to find those guys who, like, maybe get two clutch games out of three weeks because they're scoring some points, uh, but not super high. Everybody forgets about them. You know, again, they're not sexy. Um, you grab them off the waiver wire. Next thing you know, you got a second-half consistent player, and you it might help you get to the playoffs. So. Uh, that's what you. Uh, that's what everything's all about when it comes to the fantasy football consistency, guys. That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, so it won the award for best for uh, fantasy sports writers association best publication last year. Yep, best fantasy publication last year. Second year in a row being nominated. First year winner. Uh, so I couldn't be prouder uh, and 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 just honored by that. You know, to be recognized by my peers. Because uh, that's who votes. It's the Fantasy Sports Writers of America. Um, it's a board of the, you know, all the big names. Uh, so for them to pick that as the, as the, you know, best fantasy publication last year, uh, I, I can't tell you how much it meant to me. And, and you know, it just makes me that work that much harder to put out a better magazine this year. And hopefully everybody's enjoying it and, and you know, learning a little bit about how consistency can help their fantasy teams going forward 2019. Yeah, and it's great. And, and I think it has everything for, for every type of fantasy player out there. It has all the stats. It has the data. If you're a number cruncher, analytics guy, right. it's there for you. But at the end of the day, Bob gives it to you straight and lets you know exactly what you need to look at and exactly who you need to target at the certain at certain points in your draft. So go out there, get your copy of the Consistency Guide, listen to this podcast. You're going to crush your fantasy draft. And then Absolutely. before we let you go, Bob, just uh, we got another thing going on too yeah. uh, out in Canton, right, with the Midwest right. Fantasy Expo. Right. So uh, if you're out there and you live anywhere near Canton, Ohio, whether it's Columbus, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Toledo, Cincy, wherever the case may be, uh, we are having the uh, Midwest Fantasy Football Expo on Sunday, August seven or August eighteenth, at the uh, Cultural Center in downtown Canton. Uh, that's actually about two miles from the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, so we're doing that from noon to six that day. You can get your tickets at MidwestFFExpo.com. Uh, just click on buy tickets when you get to the home page. Uh, put in the code Big Guy. B-I-G-G-U-Y, in all caps, and it'll save you $5 off admission. 
Uh, there's also t-shirts there you can buy, but we've got over 30 of the best experts in the country. Uh, Bob Harris from Football Diehards is going to be there. Uh, all kinds of top people are going to be there. We're having six hours straight of a live podcast stage, all that you know, guys doing their podcast. We've got a main stage where we're going to be doing mock drafts, panel discussions, Q&As, you know, uh, redraft strategies, auction strategies, whatever you want, whatever your league's about, you can come. We're going to have a Dynasty one there as well, a bunch of the top Dynasty guys, Ryan McDowell, Shane Manila, um, you know, all those guys are going to be there as well. So come down to this. It's going to be great. That's Sunday, August 18th, noon to 6 at the Cultural Center in Canton. Again, MidwestFFExpo.com. And you're like, Bob, well, that's a little bit too far of a drive. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Here's what you do. Come on Saturday and tour the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. While you're there, we're going to be doing the King's Classic Draft live on Sirius Radio. So you can come in and check that out. We're going to open that up to the public this year. You can come and see us draft live. Uh, Brad Evans, Bob Harris, Mike Clay, uh, you know, Howard Bender, all the top names are going to be there. So come check that out. Tour the Hall of Fame. Spend the night. We'll even tell you where we're going to go drink. You can hang out with us. It'll be awesome. Uh, and then the next day, come to the Expo. It'll be the perfect fantasy football weekend you can have. So check that out. Canton, Ohio, coming up the second or third weekend in August. Awesome. Right before football season, ready exactly. to go, get you primed. Uh, you know, uh, and where where can uh, listeners find you on Twitter also? Oh, at Bob underscore Lung on Twitter. And, of course, Big Guy Fantasy Sports uh, is a website. But reach out. If you've got any questions about consistency, once you buy the magazine, whatever you want, um, you know, I can help you out. We'll, we'll definitely, definitely educate you for uh, this upcoming season. Right on. Thanks so much, Bob. Thanks for coming on the two on one. Thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, all the info you provide us today. I'm definitely going to go update my rankings after talking to you. <laughs> uh, gotcha. <laughs> and yeah, make sure uh, you get out there the fancy uh, the Midwest Expo. Uh, if you're around uh, the greater uh, Midwest area, get yeah, up greater over. Midwest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I've already got people that bought tickets that are from Michigan, New York, uh, and Kentucky. Outside of Ohio, I mean, yeah. So. Sweet. Yeah, so, and, you know, we have guys, one's, one of the vendors, um, they, there's a, so there's four different game vendors coming uh, that are going to promote their fantasy game. Uh, two of them are coming from California. One's from San Diego, and one is from San Jose. Nice. Uh, so if it means enough for them to fly into this, you know it's going to be a big deal. So yeah. come and check these games out. They're pretty cool. You, I'm not going to lie. You guys got to see these new fantasy games. You know, has the DFS, pot, you know, uh, prop bet type twist but still some cool stuff. So come out and check that out. Very cool. All right, Bob. Thanks so much. And uh, make sure you go out there, get your consistency guide, listen to this podcast, go rate and review, subscribe the pod, and we'll catch you on the next mini pod. Thanks so much. That boy good. Boy good.